Jameson God Superior and Happy New Year to everyone out there. Uh, this is the very first episode that I'm going to drop for 2018 and with that said, this episode is going to be a bit different. So uh, no guests, nothing like that, um, just me. So with that, what I'm going to do is I thought it would be a good idea, you know, to have kind of a, a reflection on uh, 2017. Uh, everything that was going on within the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, of course, highlights when it comes to music, uh, what some of the affiliates have been doing, and of course, also, you know, just different interviews. So, you know, really good interviews that I thought um, that were really good, that, you know, that were a bit different, and, you know, may have told a different side of the story when it comes to the clan, maybe something that we haven't, you know, heard fully, or just something from a different, you know, clan member's perspective. And so, I figured I just wanted to do all that, so this is going to be a compilation of different kinds of clips, you know, my takes on them, and everything like that. And so, I hope you guys enjoy it, and for all of the new listeners out there, um, I just want to say welcome to you guys, too. Um, I am always down to have different people on the podcast. You know, if you have like a favorite Wu-Tang album, uh, just hit me up. Hit me up at SingarSuperior at gmail.com or WuTangPodcast at gmail.com and everything like that. We can always have a chat. I'm always down to uh, get new people on the podcast. And, you know, this is kind of like a, it's a community, right? We all love Wu-Tang. And so, you know, why not share that passion, right? Uh, there's always someone out there I'm just amazed by that, you know, has a certain kind of, uh, you know, feeling toward a, a, a certain Wu-Tang album or Wu-Tang affiliate album that I may not necessarily have. And so I'm always excited to, you know, sit down with someone like that and just chop it up for, you know, 40 minutes to an hour about um, the background um, behind it. And most importantly for me, right, uh, where and what that person was doing during the time, uh, you know, when that album came out, which, of course, you know, in many respects, is a lot it tends to be the reason why a lot of people tend to you know like um a certain album right because it's always an experience you know we always have a kind of different kinds of experiences when it comes to you know enjoying certain albums and of course especially with Wu-Tang fans that's always the case whether it be uh something from the first round of solo albums to any to something that's a bit newer right so with that being said I hope you guys enjoy the show and we're going to get it started load up 2017 was a fruitful year in music for the clan. On top of it being an interesting year in Wu-Tang overall, the clan managed to release a group album and several solo albums. 2017 may be one of the most productive for the clan in quite some time. The reinvigoration demonstrated in Once Upon a Time in Shaolin's leak of 2016 is also seen in Wu-Tang The Saga Continues, arguably the highlight of 2017 for the clan. The saga continues, is consistent all the way through with regards to sound and quality, and yet the project was a target of strife for some. Members of the clan did not put their full weight behind acknowledging the saga continues the way RZA and Mathematics did. Nonetheless, the album received generally positive reviews, but as discussed in my episode with Josh Gannett on the album's reception, it is somewhat shadowed by its secretive predecessor. I think it's affecting the way they see it and changing the way they see it. But to say it's a hindrance, I don't know. I think there's, um, you know, a certain level, like I said, of positivity that at least there's people, even if it's for, uh, you know, as much of a reason that shouldn't be associated with them. Like this kid was was putting up the last album for eBay, you know, right when these guys have an album coming out and then gets himself thrown in jail. It's like, you know, something like that happening adds just you know somehow these guys are now connected 
that it adds uh, an awareness to people that Wu-Tang does have a new album coming out, which is, uh, I guess, just an odd side effect of somebody getting himself thrown in jail. Or we can even talk about the, the purchase of a, is it Wu-Tang Clan? Is that the name of the album? Name of the group? On the advice of counsel, I invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination and respectfully decline to answer your question. Hey, my lord, don't you worry. I have a good idea. I'll get hold of the Wu-Tang sword manual. I'll get it for you. Mm. I don't care how. Get that book. It was also an album minus Ugard. However, according to RZA, the cipher was complete with the inclusion of Ugard on the remix to Hood Go Bang. But even with the late addition of Ugard, the saga continues may have echoed some of Ugard's sentiments. The album was released through a joint venture between E1 Music and RZA's lifestyle brand, 36 Chambers, ALC. According to Brian Josephs in the Spin Magazine article entitled, What Exactly Is This New Wu-Tang Album? Some clan members were not fully aware of the label backing for the album. 36 Chambers ALC is yet another label by RZA and his confusing treasure trove of record labels, but his partnering with E1 is not surprising given the history RZA and some of the clan had with his predecessor, Koch Entertainment. Inspector Deck released his second album, The Movement Under the Label, Ghostface and Sheik Luch released Wu Block, and RZA likely having the closest relationship releasing 2001's Digital Bullet and 2009's Digi Snacks Under Koch. My next album that's coming out is Bobby Digital, um, and it will be out um, in June on Koch Records. RZA's tenure with Koch in 2001 was when it was under Alan Grunblatt, who is now the head of Urban at E1 and received kudos for helping the saga continues achieve close to 30,000 in sales the first week of its release. But overall, the critical consensus regarding the saga continues is that it was an improvement from the clan's previous effort. And while the saga continues was the highlight for the Wu this past year, Raekwon kicked it off with The Wild. Overall, the project was warmly received and was a well-rounded project with Ray showcasing his storytelling skills as well as his grimy imagery. Overall, I would conclude that this is Ray's best project since Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. And most importantly, Raekwon's press run for the Wild demonstrates his infrastructure that he has built out considerably since only built for Cuban Links 2. In other words, his embrace of being independent is exceptional. But 2017 also saw the release of an instrumental album from Zarface, the supergroup consisting of 7L and Inspector Deck. The project has seen Deck take on a second life by reinventing himself, similar to that of MF Doom or Palisir Lazaro of Shabazz Palaces. Now, why did you go with the whole like comic book theme on this uh, on this project? Because to me, it's like I agree with the whole hip hop is dead, but I, I don't believe it's dead. I believe it's comatose, man. You know, I think I think you need that two them two shits they put on your chest. Be like clear, boom, <clears throat> you just shake the nigga back to life. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop need a jolt like that, man. You know, it it, it just needs a jolt, and I think Zarface is so left field from everything that's out right now. It's like you you're not gonna help but to notice it. And the comic books is just the shit that we grew up on, man. It's reaching back into the things that we know and love. 2017 also saw the, the Yuga release of Wu Dak Yellow, 
a remix of Cardi B's Bodak Yellow. Certainly a different speed than expected from Yui, but it was on point. And besides, it shouldn't be that surprising since he has experimented with dubstep uh, and other kinds of genres over the years. My new project is always brand new. I'm always coming with brand new stuff. I changed up my style too, completely. I had to. Well, with the transition, even holding on to what your music used to be until now, what was kind of like the, the foundation that's still there, like that? Raw rhymes. And of course, there's Master Killer's long-awaited Loyalty is Royalty. It certainly wasn't what I was expecting from Master Killer, but he has alluded to making mature hip-hop, for lack of a better term. And pretty much, he's done so since no set date. And what's most interesting about Master Killer during 2017 is that he was less elusive. He did an interview with friend of the show, Matteo Urella, an interview with RZA for Hot 97, and he gave, I would argue, his most revealing interview on Real Late with Peter Rosenberg. And while not as revealing compared to other clan members, Master Killer does share his perspective on the group dynamic of Wu-Tang, as well as the, traje the trajectory of their success from you know the 90s into the present day, which is really interesting. A lot of uh, people have wondered about this, and I think I saw in the interview that like Bootleg Kev talked to you guys about this, like mm. how you guys would um, determine who got what on the road. You right. seem like a very laid back dude. Right. You don't necessarily seem like the dude who's demanding to get yours. You seem more like, I, I, and I don't know you well, right. but you seem more like the guy who just wants to keep building and be happy for the opportunities. How did you handle that? Did you always feel like you were well taken care of for what you were doing? How, how would you describe those early years from a financial standpoint in terms of how it worked out for Master Killer? Well, I was always, I, I was always good. I was always good. I mean, from a financial standpoint, none of us was making a lot of money. I mean, we were doing shows and, you know, we was getting maybe $25, $50. There's nine, ten of us that has to split maybe $1,000, $2,000, and we all have to get rooms and things of that nature. So, you know, no one has a suite by itself. You know, we're all sharing rooms. We're in 12 passenger vans. L looking back, at what point was it much, much later when, like, the festival money started being so big that it was actually a very valuable appearance well you see what i'm saying yeah i mean when it started getting valuable when i really started seeing some 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 paper to that degree i think it was might have been the rage against the machine tour okay that's so when things started that's 98 i think right. early 2000s rock the bells by that era it's right. looking pretty it's pretty good well listen none of us in 25 years has had to go back to doing anything that we did before music. That's pretty good. Which is a blessing. And that's everybody. Everyone. Oh, the, the, the nine of you guys. Right. Everyone, everyone's been able to just stick with music. Exactly. So with varying degrees, I'm guessing, of how much they want to continue to do music. Right. But everyone's done well. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And have the best years been like the last 10 years? I mean, it's hard to say what's the best years when we're still here. We be here, we be here again for you, okay? Y'all make sure that all my Wu-Tang members always buy the Tang. Do you understand me? Always buy the Tang. 
Also, he shares this little tidbit about when he's seen out in public, how people think he's Ghostface, which I just find, I just find hilarious. Are there, tell me about a conversation when you meet a stranger (laughs) and you're like, yeah, I do music. And then, and when, then when you tell them, have you ever had that happen where you have to tell someone I'm actually in Wu-Tang Clan and they're like, excuse me? Well, I never, I never flashed my badge. Never? I don't flash my badge. But what if someone's crying? <laughs> what if you're at the airport, right? Uh-huh. Just sipping a drink at the bar. Right. And there's a businessman next to you who just strikes up a conversation. I'm going to tell you, most people, when they run into me, they think I'm ghosts. Really? I get that most of the time. You're only wearing one sweatshirt. That's impossible. <laughs> most, of the, most of the time when people see me, when they do act like they're trying to figure it out, when they come, it's... Your ghost face, right? <laughs> so how do you handle that? Because I get the, this is even crazier, I right. get the, your Ebro a lot. So how do you handle when you get that? Because you know they mean it as a compliment. Right, right, right. But right. it would also be nice if they got your name right. I right. Least that's how it feels. Right. How do you handle it when they say that? I laugh, I laugh, and I'll be like, no, you know, I'm master. Like, oh, yeah, you know, so many of you, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And it's all cool, man. You know what I mean? So you've yeah. never once had to drop on someone. You know, um, yeah, I'm in music. They're like, oh, really? You do music? You don't say. I, I don't really follow very much what's going on. Yeah, I was in a rap group. Oh, yeah, I like some rap. Well, what group? Right, right. I'm actually, uh, I don't know how to say this. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm maybe Wu-Tang. Right, right. And they're right. like, oh, my God, I've heard of them. Like, right. you've never had that experience? I would nah. love to do that speech. Nah, I really, because, I mean, that's not really my approach. It doesn't seem like your style. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's not really my approach to things because at the end of the day, you know, I come from a lot of realness, so, you know, and like I said, you know, even from being young and being able to take a trip to Florida. But when I come back to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. most of my friends didn't get to go to Disney, bro. Wow. So what am I really talking about with them? And I understood the difference between being blessed to do something and being able to say, okay, well, nah, you don't come back and rub that in people's faces. And it's like, okay, I'm Master Killer from Wu-Tang. I do that. That's what I do. But at the same time, who cares? You know what I mean? If that's recognized, that's that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't wear that like that. Now, I do want to shift a little bit, and I want to talk a bit more about certain interviews from 2017 that I thought uh, were really, you know, just dope and enlightening, you know, may have had some some interesting tidbits to it that, you know, we may not necessarily, you know, have known. So one thing is with RZA and mathematics. So as you guys know, they've been doing this crazy press run, going to different podcasts and radio shows. I mean, you know, they have their talking points, you know, mathematics, ASR 10, the two albums he's listened to and all that good stuff. But there were some gems, you know, in between some of those interviews where, uh, you know, different interviewers just asked maybe, you know, two interesting questions or whatever like that. And the first one I wanted to talk about is the cruise show from uh, L.A., the cruise show Power 106. And uh, the one of the producers, Edgar, uh, he does these dope intros for a lot of the guests who come, uh, you know, who, who come in. So, you know, this different mix of like all of their, you know, some of their, their stuff, you know, throughout their career. And he did the same thing with RZA, which... I don't know. I'm pretty sure that someone out there could lead me to a really dope RZA mix, but you don't really hear uh, good mixes of any RZA, of any of you know RZA's solo stuff. Oh, 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 oh. 
We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. Bob Digital located inside your hood again. Camouflage chameleon, they're just scaling your building. No time to grab the gun, they already got your wife and children. My beats travel like a vortex. Do your spine to the top of your cerebral cortex. I found my sound from living in New York City, from riding in the subway trains, watching old kung fu movies. That intro could keep wow. going, dog. Straight up. There's yeah. a catalog. That, that was an intro. Going. That kind of got me smiling. Now, if you guys, uh, you know, if you guys remember, and you know, some certain episodes, I've I've kind of talked about, uh, you know, the, the whole RZA and Chipotle thing. You know, that 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 weird eclectic campaign that RZA did with Chipotle, uh, and with this cruise show interview. Um, he he speaks a bit more about that whole Chipotle situation of how you know he did it and in exchange for doing it, uh, they gave him a lifetime card to Chipotle, which um, you know I find I just find kind of funny also because you know if there's anything any kind of restaurant that I would equate you know Rizzo, someone like Rizzo with it just wouldn't be Chipotle. I, I don't know what the fuck it would be, but uh, just certainly not Rizzo. Chipotle. <laughs> Can't speak on that. Right <laughs> Taco Bell. Taco Chipotle. You know what I got? I'm gonna say something funny. What's up? I have a lifetime card. No. To eat at Chipotle. No. Oh my hey, god. Let me borrow it Show for the it. weekend. I didn't bring Where it with me. But How you not roll with that everywhere you my, go? I told my wife, I was like, you know what? If everything goes bad for us, we will not go hungry. Right, exactly. <laughs> at least we'll get a burrito. Did you buy a Chipotle? Is that how you got it? What happened? No, I had this on music for them. Uh, that's right, for that's right. Campaign, mm-hmm. and, uh, they, they gave me that gift. It was like a, it came in a crazy box. The box was like <laughs> some old ancient scroll was inside of it. Right, right, right. Opens right. open it up, it's like. You have been awarded, yeah, yeah, a lifetime right to go to any Chipotle, hand this card in, and you get yourself a burrito. Or wow, whatever you want, you know what we mean? should go with you because employees at Chipotle <laughs> probably don't you... even know that that thing exists. How many people can you bring with you? Well, if I want to bring anything over ten people, I got to give notice. Uh, anyway, I do want to shift gears a little bit more too and talk about the killer bees, right? Every year there's always something going on with Wu-Tang affiliates all across the globe, all across the uh, the country. And one of the highlights would be Hellraiser and Ayatollah's album, or Ayatollah's album. Uh, dope album. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I suggest that you do listen to it. Solid album, and it's good to hear, you know, good to hear and see Hellraiser, you know, just kind of back out there with some, uh, with some, with some newer material and everything like that. And I am looking forward to the uh, documentary that he that he has slated to come out to about his life story and everything like that. Also, uh, Joe Mafia and Maya Lansky, also known as Wu Syndicate. Uh, they kind of came back out, did like a little reunion tour. They have some new material out, and they also appeared on the Opinion Hated podcast uh, last year. Uh, really interesting uh, show, kind of talking about their background, coming from Virginia and everything like that. How they got linked up to the clan. You understand what I'm saying? We did a record deal with Robert Diggs, which is RZA, and we did a publishing deal with Divine oh. Mitchell's Day, which is Buffalo. How much we got in all that has nobody been in. Right, right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. But we, well, you, you clear it up that there was no It was never no, about right, that. Right, I, right, I right. salute RZA because if it wasn't for RZA, there wouldn't be a mile landscape to right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. 
the name of the record that we dropped under the Wu-Tang umbrella, because when you look at it, you separate Wu-Tang records from Wu-Tang Clan. Mind Lansky and Joe Mafia was never Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan is nine known for me. Stand out. You shout in. We're from Virginia. The only thing made us Wu-Tang was signing to Wu-Tang Records. We signed to Rizzo's personal record company, which was Wu-Tang Records, and his other group was Killer Army. You understand what I'm saying? So you was misinterpreted the whole time and calling us a name that didn't even fit the bill. Our, our names is My Lansky and Joe Mafia, right. which you see at the top of the record. Right. The name of the record, which is at the bottom, the name of the album was called Wu Syndicate. And they had some new songs out too. They have uh, a movie they're working on that uh, that they have a they have a single out for, and they dropped another song. On the Bandcamp page uh, on New Year's Day, which is really dope. Uh, you also have a lot of Dark Man. He released a project entitled Lavish versus Savage this past year. Um, it seems like that there's a bit more, um, there's there's more original material on, on this uh, on this project compared to uh, some of his EPs that he has um, that that he came out with in 2016. Um, and I'm assuming that maybe you know all these things. I'm assuming that this project is also connected to his uh, his deal that he inked with uh, Sony for his AMG imprint. Uh, back in 2014 so uh, check those out too he has music videos out for him and everything like that solid stuff uh, you have prodigal son who released the spark this past year also kind of a long-awaited project with different wu-tang affiliates uh and he's going on tour and everything like that look at his instagram page it looks like he's uh going out to france and doing just different interesting things uh killer priest who is always prolific he dropped Walter Reed Part Two, and he dropped the mixtape with Fourth Disciple, which is which is really solid. You know, really just Killer Priest over some breakbeats, which you know I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at. Uh, also, you had some two books that came out in 2017, and of course in 2018 we're looking forward to You God's memoir um, about his life story and everything like that. But 2017 we saw two books. Uh, the first one being Cyrus Bozigmer's Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, pretty much just detailing the development. Um, in the background, but behind uh, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, and especially, you know, kind of it details a lot of Silver Rings' story, you know, his kind of his upbringing and everything like that, and how he got associated uh, with the Wu-Tang Clan, with RZA specifically, uh, and also Matthias Danielson's The Wu-Tang Movement, right, which is uh, detailing just man just a trove of artists who have been directly influenced or indirectly influenced by Wu-Tang right so just kind of couching them under uh this term called which he deems as the, the Wu-Tang movement uh which is also a dope uh book and he you know published it independently uh and it seems like people are supporting him I supported it and I also did an interview with him uh for some of the newer listeners out there um shit man maybe about six months ago at this point Maybe a bit longer than that, but you should check that out too. Alright y'all, well, this is all I have for this episode. Um, it's a bit shorter than usual, but nothing wrong with that. And I've been getting your messages. Uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for the support. Um, I know I've been gone for a while. I know that the episodes have been relatively, well, not relatively, they have been sporadic. Um, my schedule is, you know, kind of crazy. I do other things, as some of you all know. And I just want to let you guys know I'm not going nowhere. I haven't really disappeared, you know, and everything like that. But I do want to let you guys know that 
when you don't hear me when i'm not dropping episodes i am you know i am still talking to people uh you know booking guests and everything like that and i am recording episodes for me it's really just sitting down um editing them and everything like that and just trying to figure out you know how to make the episode better so i mean you know an episode better or the podcast better itself and so uh this is you know something a bit more different than what i'm you know normally used to i usually never do like this kind of uh you know no guest episodes just like by myself this way but i hope you guys enjoy it if you don't like it uh let me know what was wrong with it what did i miss anything like that and of course if you do want to come on the podcast you want to support the podcast uh subscribe please rate us on itunes and everything like that uh check out the channel 10 podcast another podcast so if you ever miss my voice or something like that i have about two year a two-year archive of episodes with channel 10 with different kinds of people all kinds of people new york times bestseller d watkins uh politicians um you know some Wu-Tang affiliates and everything like that so um check that out as well and again thank you so much for the support keep on supporting and i'm out see you guys next time peace i'd like to thank the gentleman from Wu-Tang for that clarification and peace to you as well